Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Kind of a wide-ranging show today. Uh, we're ha- trying to have some fun. 134 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon with you, along with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Get their new boneless wings for thirteen ninety-five, or that's 8 for thirteen ninety-five, or 16 for twenty-five ninety-five. Visit royalpizza.ca with a Stoffer recommendations, the Mediterranean chicken. You were just giving me a uh, heck for... Uh, we weren't watching one of the sports channels. We won't say which channel we were watching uh, in studio here. You're like, why is that on? You know, <laughs> why aren't you watching? And it just we just we left it on what was on before. Uh, yes. We, now, did you ever watch any of like the Jerry Springer shows or anything like that back no, in the day? No, that wasn't really my vibe. Did you watch uh, any soap operas? Uh, Did you go through a soap opera period? There was a little bit of a soap opera period, a little Days of Our Lives period. Days, days long of, time ago. Yeah. Which one was? Uh, Hey, Brendan, uh, which one was, was Patch on? Was he on Days of Our Lives, or was he on The Young and the Restless? I, I'm thinking he was on Days of Our Lives, because uh, the first time I heard this song was on Days of Our Lives. Mr. Mr. Fan from the mid 1980s. Don't understand. Do you remember that? I remember this tune, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is right in John Shannon's wheelhouse. Oh, and that's yeah. where we're going to go next, courtesy of our friends for uh, legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Bobby and Steve at Legacy, they do an awesome job. They'll look after you. Tell them Oilers now sent you. We welcome back to the show. If he hadn't been an uh, executive producer in the National Hockey League, he would have been an executive producer of the Young and the Restless or Days of our lives. Wayne Gretzky. A lot of people think Wayne Gretzky's best work he ever did was on Young and the Restless. How you doing, John? I'm great, but Bob, if you're going to play music like that, you got to learn how to be a DJ and hit the post. Like, start the music early, and then keep talking over until the lyric. Oh, okay. You, know, you got to hit the post. Man. That's that's one thing. On. You're really great at giving that us advice. That was a waste of time. Yeah, there. that was a waste that was of a time. A waste of time. Well, I pointed to Brendan, and uh, can I tell you, I don't actually know how to work the board. I, you know, I, I can help you continue relationships with potential advertisers, but I'm not great technically. Hey, what's that button for? I'm that guy, right? Like, you wouldn't want me on the space shuttle. You know what I'm saying, John? I do. Did we lose you? What happened? It sounded like we lost John there for a second. Can we? Do we still have John Shannon with us? Hello, John. He's giving us advice on how to do the show here. What do you think? Are you still there, John? I thought I heard him breathing. We lost him. We lost him. Brendan, can you get him on a phone line for us? How does that sound? Uh, yeah, it might be a better plan. Here. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, John Shannon will be joining us momentarily. Now, did you, were you really good with the board? Could you, like, operate boards back in the day? or I, were you, I think I can, I can meander get us, my way around. I yeah. can get us on the Air Force comes to worse on yeah. a, a you know, road broad. I mean, you did it for years. Yes. How did you do, like, uh, what's the longest overtime you ever had? I don't know. There were some long ones there. They have four overtime periods? Uh, no, I think just three. I only ever got to four. Definitely three. Uh, certainly had some uh, situations where getting on the air was challenging. Yes. 
So there was there was a few of those. Okay. So, We're going to go uh, old school with John. We'll take him off of uh, our reported app and bring aboard John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. You were giving us advice on how to uh, time yeah. things, and that's all. I mean, you were an executive producer, so you, you were pretty good at that kind of stuff, weren't you, back in the day? I was pretty good at bossing people around. Yep, absolutely. That was, uh, you know, and, and if you didn't know what you were doing, you still bossed people around. You just said it with a little more confidence. I actually recall you bossing me around once in 1996. Well, I'm like, who the hell is it? Cam, it was so easy to boss him around. <laughs> I'm telling you. He, 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 you know, I turned and looked at him, and I, you know, was almost, hey, kid, get out of my way. And it was, yes, Mr. Shannon. Yeah, I know. No, I, it wasn't. It was who the you and then John Sexton said, "That's John Shannon. You might want to watch it." <laughs> is this at the old rink? This is at the oh, old yeah. rink. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also, Mark Stolberger was a. Uh, there were a couple other producers. Yeah. Mark Stolberger did the Kings. He was a complex thinker and occasionally got irritated rather easily. And Brian, he was a brilliant producer. Brian Cooper did Philadelphia. I thought was very talented as well. And he just, would he yeah, would just he, retired, Bob. He would tell you how you thought, how he thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, uh, Brian, uh, I worked with Brian at ESPN. Uh, Brian just retired from finishing the Philadelphia Flyers. I think, uh, I think in the end, he finished a forty-two year television career. So good for him. But nobody, nobody at Evanston would know Brian Cooper or. Uh, Mark Stolberger. I do have a Brian Cooper story uh, with, that involves Glenn Sather. It was quite funny. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was when Eric Lindros... Do you know the story? When Eric Lindros was with the Flyers and the, the, the Flyers had requested a camera location and the Oilers, the game was sold out because it was Eric Lindros at the, you know, at like 90, I don't know, 95, 96, 96, 97, one of those years. Wasn't 94, 95 because he only played in the West that year. So it was 96, 97, whatever year it was with Eric. And the Oilers had sold the seats where there was supposed to be a camera location. And so Brian Cooper started with uh, Bill Twilley having an animated conversation. And then suddenly a call came into the truck. And yours truly was doing font cord and stats with Tracy Newman. And I, he goes, can you answer that? So I answer that. And I go, hello. And, and it all, all it said was, it's Glenn Sather. Put me through to Cooper. And I go, Brian, it's for you. <laughs> so every, every once in a while, flats would get involved. I miss so I miss those days. What I would call a good old confrontational television. It was fun. I worked with Tracy Newman too, by the way. Tracy did the Olympics with me in Barcelona in 1992. There you go. Uh, speaking of television and confrontational, Gary Bettman. He went on the TNT panel the other night, and it was almost like like uh, when I watch him on uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, who by the way have a 5.2 billion dollar deal, John. I, I don't recall ever seeing Gary complimentary of the body of work that's that Rogers has provided. Maybe I'm just, but he seemed pretty excited to be on the TNT panel. Now you and me have discussed this. It's a great panel. We need to establish that. It's really well done. But Gary almost looked a bit like a fan, John. Well, look who he was sitting beside. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, so how can you not be a fan? Come on, if you you know if if you had a panel and you sat beside Wayne, you'd be 
you'd be giddy. You'd be having so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I watched the interview. I, I saw it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, this was the, this is the first Stanley cup final that Turner has in their contract. Uh, he did the uh, perfunctory game one pregame interview. And I think what you do is when you're, when you're sitting down with one of your top three business partners, Disney being one and Rogers being the other and then Turner. Um, I think you can't help but be, you know, excited and happy and, and I, and, and quite frankly, as, as you and I have talked about, Bob, they've, they've, the Turner guys have done a, a very good job. They've done a great job. In, in, in creating a level of entertainment. And so they deserve some credit and that's what Gary was giving them. I've only watched the Sportsnet broadcast uh, so far here in the Stanley Cup final, but uh, John, what makes that TNT broadcast so good? Well, I I, I think there's a a spontaneity, Cam. You know, and, and what they've tried to do in so many ways, and people are more familiar, I think, with what TNT has done with their basketball package with Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson. And they've tried to take a little bit of that style and put it on the hockey side. Now, our our players don't speak the same way and don't aren't as outspoken because I think it's just not in the nature of hockey players. Although it's getting there, but Paul Bissonnette and Anson Carter and uh, and uh, Henrik Lundqvist is on the panel with Wayne. Um, they have good natural conversations it's it's not overly structured it's supposed to be fun and i think that they try to get that across and i think most of the time they succeed yeah the latitude that the tnt basketball panel is given it makes me laugh like when chuck was and i love charles barkley i always have i I love him he's he makes me laugh every time but when he was talking about san antonio (laughs) that whole stick on um women in the San Antonio market. I mean, yeah. I, that is, I'm not quite convinced that every broadcaster out there would get away with the same. That is uh, kind of a, a little out of the Don Rickles school from about uh, 1984, if you know what I'm saying. Like that was. Yeah, I know. And, and what Charles really has done is created um, such a persona that he can literally say anything and, and, and people will, you know, there'll be a larger majority of the of the audience agree with them. And some people may some people may think that I'm a little out to lunch, as they were on Monday about my last argument with you. But in it many wasn't ways, an argument. Partly, it's never an argument. You no, it was a good quality conversation. Let's not go too far. But anyways, okay. <laughs> what well, is is um, when Don Cherry stuck to hockey, it was comparable to what Don used to have. Um, and it, it, and that's what that's what Charles that's what Ch- Charles is comparable to that, and that to me is is a real attribute to a guy who you know doesn't need to work. Like Charles Barkley has has a lot of money, has got a great lifestyle, but uh, I mean I I'm watching him, uh, and you can watch him right now uh, doing pregame and postgame on the NBA Finals for NBA TV. So yeah. I mean, he loves he loves being around the game. Still enjoys the game, but feels he he has the right to speak his mind. And if he doesn't like the way the game is being played or officiated, he says it. You know, it's funny about the Shaq 
uh, Chuck relationship is there comes a point in every disagreement where Shaq will just go to the championship card because Charles, of course, yeah. never won. And and and, and it, there's the difference between the TNT basketball panel and the hockey panel. Like they good naturedly bug. Uh, they, you know, they think the world of what Biz Nasty's been able to carve out for himself because he was, you know, he was not exactly a prolific player, but he's worked hard and he went through some tough times before he made it, and now he has a, a huge following. But they just they don't they don't play that card. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, how many titles did you win? Right? You know what I mean, John? It's just not in the nature. It's because Wayne's such a nice guy. He'd never do that. He'd actually he'd, he'd actually say, Bob, what do you think? I blame well, well I, and I think I think Wayne understands. I think, like I, I think Wayne is one of the most media savvy people I've ever met. Um, and I think Wayne knows what people expect of him. And I also think that Wayne knows what makes his communication more effective. And and what what Wayne becomes in every conversation on the Turner panel is kind of the punctuation mark. He says, okay, all you guys, it's basically everybody else can have their opinions, and now Wayne's going to speak for 15 seconds, and and it's going to make more sense than anything else, and life can go on. And he's done an, a, a really solid job of doing that. All right. Uh, you mentioned Gary Bettman doing the perfunctionary pre-Stanley Cup availability of Bill Daly. They talked about an $83.5 million cap. Um I've talked to a few players since then. There's, uh, Frank Cervalli was on on Tuesday and said, look, there's a mechanism here where they could increase the cap this year because the escrow is going to be paid off during the course of the season. We had Hart Levine on yesterday from Puckpedia, who obviously is in contact with a lot of agents. Now, Gary's going to have to get something here, John. Um, do you think it'll be hard and fast, 83.5, or do you think there's some negotiation wiggle room here that might be able to transition it over a two-year run because they're going to be in a position where probably by next year, if they if it is at 83.5, it might jump to 89. And is that fair to this year's free agents uh, in this class that might get squeezed a bit? Well, when does fairness ever matter? Um, uh, I, I kind of read I read uh, Gary's conversation uh, before game one a little different than Frank did. I almost got the point was where, listen, we're going to live with the million dollars this year and we are going to go four to four and a half next year. Yeah. And and just live with it. You, you know, I, I think the Players Association have already said they're not prepared to negotiate a uh, you know a, a an escrow change or a uh, or a leveling off of certain scenarios, and I think that you know you wonder with Marty Walsh taking over the Players Association, does that make any sense at this point to do that, uh, and does it make any sense for for Mr. Walsh to do something that might be might be he might be taking a little advantage of by Gary and Bill in that scenario. Gary and Bill understand the cap better than anybody else and understand what, what they can get out of it. I, if I'm the Players Association, I'm biting the bullet for this year and getting the whole hog next year. Well, at the end of the day, in sport, often money talks. Did we see that in golf with the PGA Tour wow. and Live? Yeah. Isn't that something? I've never seen it. I've never seen a turnaround like that, a turnabout in 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 a philosophy in such a short period of time 
And it's, you know, as, as Rory McIlroy said yesterday, he, he felt like he was the sacrificial lamb, but you can't fight the money. They have so much money, Bob. They do so many things. They can, you know, they could litigate for forever. They could be in court forever, and that would actually hurt the PGA. It's in so many ways. That's that's a strange one. It's going to be interesting to see how how golf is a year from now or two years from now, um, and and what the influence of the Saudi dollars is. In my in many ways, it's disappointing, you know, uh, because of the political issues that the Saudis bring to the. Uh, to the situation, but if if it helps golf and it helps the charities that are around golf, because that's remember the PGA Tour is a nonprofit organization at this point, and all the monies go to charities at these tournaments. Hopefully, all the charities get more money out of it. I don't think the player. I'm not really worried about the players getting any more money. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting to say the least. Uh, and there were some really good pieces written on it, by the way. Um, did you see the one from, uh, is it Eamon Lynch? Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that one was, yeah. wow. Well, well, it, it's just, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, you know, here we are on, uh, you know, PGA Today with Bob Stopper, but um, Not an area of expertise, by the way. Quite possibly <laughs> well, the worst conference. All I'm just saying is that, is that the, the, the about face that Jay Monahan took, the about face that Jay Monahan took for over the last 18 months and then, negotiated something differently in the last seven weeks is staggering. He made a bigger political shift than any politician I have ever seen or ever heard in my life in the last seven weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, and by the way, Eamon Lynch uh, wrote a piece, uh, Phil Mickelson's Twitter bluster can't distract from his reality as a shameless pawn for murderers. I mean, that's a pretty, that's cutting, that's kind of getting to it. John, great stuff. Thanks for joining us, my man, okay? Well, yeah, and just, just to let you know, Cam, I was I was really tough on Bob all those many years ago. You were, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Does you it, leaned into but him? You know what? I think you yeah. said, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, John. Cheers. Cheers. That's uh, John Shannon uh, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. All right. It is currently one uh, fifty-two in Edmonton. We're going to go to Listy and Oilers history for New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Uh, going back in the state to 1983 here is Brendan Escott. It's the NHL draft. Early, it seems. Uh, but the Oilers take Jeff Bukaboom, 19th overall, out of the Sioux Greyhounds program, and Essa Tikkanen, 80th overall, out of Finland. Bukaboom played uh, parts of six seasons with Edmonton between 86 and 92, was then traded to New York. Tikkanen joined him on the Rangers, actually, in a trade two years later. I, of course, uh, paired up uh, with Steve Smith in the 1991 playoff series against the Calgary Flames, named the Twin Towers. And that, for me, was the most physical playoff series I remember Edmonton Calgary playing. Of course, the Flames have won the Cup in 89, the Oilers in 90. Of course, the Oilers in 87 and 88 as well. It was a rollerball on ice. Oh, it was. Yeah, that was that was heavy hockey. I remember working at the old Twin Towers Hockey School. Steve Smith and Jeff Bukaboom used to have here in the summer. There you have it. That's Camoon. Uh, tonight on 6.30, Chad Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, Golden Knights and Panthers uh, live at 6 p.m. When you come in a studio next Thursday, will we have a Stanley Cup champion by then? Yes. 
I agree. Yeah. Tomorrow, we got a loaded show for you uh, for Abe's Door Service. See you in 37 minutes, Abe's. Uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices for 50 years. Visit them, gcldiesel.com. And former NHLer and color analyst Alan May. Jam-packed edition Friday. Brendan might come by with a teaser on the Edmonton Elks opening game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then Chelsea on Chad with Chelsea Bird from 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow at noon on Oilers Now.